Yes, sir, we promised you a great main event here tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the world's number one sports and recreation podcast. It's called Cheap Heat. I am Peter Rosenberg, a.k.a. your former 24-7 champion and forever. And I'm joined from Philadelphia by the physically large and strong Stack Guy Greg. SGG, how are you? I'm doing great. And welcome back from uh, what had to be just an amazing weekend in Tampa. Thank you, SGG, and I got to tell you, it was uh, an amazing weekend. It did not disappoint um, from a wrestling standpoint. Had a great time, enjoyed WrestleMania. Obviously, we'll spend the bulk of today talking about that. Um, and also, it didn't disappoint from a fun, relaxing standpoint. Um, the work was intense, on, particularly on Saturday when we didn't know what was happening. We had that rain delay. Um, and yeah. both nights required that Kayla and I stayed sort of like stationed at the kickoff desk for hours after the kickoff show in case there was more rain. But, you know, SUG, you know, I'm not new to this. I'm true to this. So I'm, I'm born for moments like that. That's what I'm ready for. That's why yeah, you prof- got me. Professional. You broadcast, not podcast. That's correct. That's they exactly podcast, what I, I broadcast. That's why I w- I'm there. I love that stuff. So, um, Really had a good time, and I got—I just want to say, um, props and kudos to Kayla Braxton, my the, the the person who now hosts these things. And I feel like the vibe that Kayla and I have is kind of one of co-hosts. It's really—it's a—it's a pretty nice uh, vibe. She works incredibly hard, and she's um, she wants to really crush it every time, and so. Uh, it's fun. So far, so good. So far, so good. Yeah, I think so too, man. I think she's doing a great job. Obviously, she works a ton with the amount of episodes of the bump they have her doing. Plus, she's on SmackDown, and you know she does a lot. But she's really like growing, and and you know I've watched her come up since she got there. But this is the first time we've worked together, so really having fun working with her. And um, shout out to our guy Brian who produced this weekend and did a fantastic job. Um, and of course, Booker, JBL, and King. King, in spite of, you know, King's been in this broadcast game for like 30 years. And SGG, if you watch the kickoff shows, he may have had some of his worst jokes this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, I did watch <laughs> Booker, too. You would think that's two guys who had the headset for so long would, would be able to, you know, transition into some some nice jokes they would land they would keep the flow of everything but uh it was a lot of a lot of awkward moments precipitated by yeah you could do you could put a really great compilation together of just my facial reactions during the course of those two days yeah but uh it was a good time uh and and i enjoyed it and and also just the fun of the weekend like it was more fun than you know i was preparing dip for it maybe to not be that fun um, just because you don't know, you know, the amount that people are going to be able to hang out. But guys, this is big news for everyone listening. I mean, psh, including me, including you right now. When I, I don't even think you heard this yet. I don't think you heard this yet, SGG. I, I saw a photo. I didn't get I didn't get FOMO. I got FOMOs when I saw the the breakfast that you had. Oh, <laughs> and I, I'm sure we'll get to it. That wasn't even but where that, I was going. That's when I start to get FOMO. Oh my God, who is this man? No, the the FOMO you should have is that a new nickname has been born for Dipperstein. 
<laughs> word. Yeah. Yeah, a big, big, this is a big deal, and it is over like gangbusters. Dipperstein WrestleMania weekend, all, it's like his favorite three days of the year. Um, and you know what? It's right there for me as well. I'm not going to lie. I have a great time. Um, and one of the main reasons is it's the time that I always get to see Dip. You know, it's it's one of our times to, to hang. Um, although this year, uh, SGG, you were missed, and, and Shoemaker is often there. He was missed. But... We, I have to take credit. I coined the nickname. Give yourself a Barry Horowitz real yeah, quick while you do Full Barry this. Horowitz. Because Dipperstein posts up all day, every day at the bar, his new name is Dip Flair. <laughs> I mean, Dip Flair is in full effect. The guy, by 11 a.m., and, and by the way, the, you know, the difference is between Flair and his heyday and Dip Flair. Dip's not drinking at 11 a.m., but, but he's, he's there, though. He's there to hang out. He's ready to hang. He's ready to schmai. He's ready to run into people. Um, and he was in his full most Dip Flair mode this weekend. Best, I, I, I'll remember more, but one of my favorite Dip things over the weekend was you know, he went to the show with my girlfriend both days, with Natalie. And it's Natalie's first. This, this already sounds like it's going to be hilarious. It's Natalie's first WrestleMania. She was a fan during the Attitude Era, but she has never been to Mania before. And Saturday. This is a good one to go to. There yeah. Some great ones. This the, was a good one to go to, though. The return of the fans, you know. Yeah. Some good matches. Now. Saturday, I head over to the building. My call time was 3 o'clock. Oof, that's rough. No, that was fantastic. My call time is usually 1 o'clock. Oh. 3 o'clock was. That's more rough. 3 o'clock was fantastic because 3 o'clock is only four hours before showtime, which is actually pretty damn good. So what else do you have to do before the show, though? You know. Not much. You know what? You know, wrestling is entertainment. It's hurry up and wait. That's 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 wrestlers have been doing this every day of their lives forever. They get to the building early and they you, you're there just in case we need to shoot something in case some kinks need to be worked out. Like I, I get there at three o'clock at four, four thirty. I got together with Kayla and our producer and we would go over the show for 45 minutes and then you get dressed and you go get something to eat. And then it's basically close to go time. Like it's not that four hours isn't that long. So I hit up um, I was texting Dipperstein and Natalie to keep them abreast of the weather. And I I hit them up and at like 5 o'clock. I'm like, guys, it's raining here hard. Just so you know, it's raining hard. Dipperstein, they were already in line for an Uber at 5 o'clock. Remember, the real show starts at 8. There's no matches till 8. Right. right. Even though they received my warning. Dipperstein still had them leave at five o'clock. Yo, when, did, when was doors? Doors were four thirty this year, the earliest okay. ever. I, I think probably because of social distancing and things like that, they did early doors. Yo, they just came and got drenched. They just got absolutely poured on. Did Dip not get a poncho? Sunday, Natalie got them ponchos. <laughs> okay. Saturday, I think they may have tried to bring an umbrella, but you can't. You're not supposed to bring umbrellas in the building. Anyways, this is just the point of how big of the highest level M word that Dipperstein could be. That he has to be there at five five thirty with an eight o'clock bell to see nothing. To see nothing. Wander around. Uh, and it's and they, an 8 o'clock bell when you know there's not going to be any matches on the kickoff show. And you know there's no matches on the kickoff show. Now, so it's they were like there pretty to see something special. Sunday, they got there a little later, but still early. But they came to the kickoff show area and got and, I, and they were standing right in the front watching during the kickoff, which was fun. Um, anyways, it was a great weekend. Yeah, we did have a championship breakfast on Sunday with Omos. What a, I mean, guys, he is number one. I would like to announce him as the number one great guy this week in wwe i mean there is no one higher level great guy 
than Oma. Is this safe to say that you're almost sapien like myself? Wow, I didn't know that was a thing. That, was, that is a thing. <laughs> but I would like to show love to Omas. And we'll get to him in a second. First, let's start out outside the ring, SGG. To say there's a lot of news this week would be to put it mildly. Another black April 15th in WWE. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they released a, a bunch of superstars. Um, even though they do this every year, it always it always hits. It, it hits the same. I was not, not going to say it hits different. It hits the exact same every year when they do this uh, talent purge. And um, this year was no different. Among the talent released, we had Samoa Joe, Peyton Royce, and Billy Kay, um, Bo Dallas, Wesley Blake, Tucker, Kalisto, and um, several others. I believe Chelsea Green was also released. And yeah, it, it, Samoa Joe really, to me, came off as the biggest shocker slash WTF uh, release of the bunch. But again, you know, I was a huge fan of Billy Kay's. Um, we know that. Bo Dallas. We know. Yeah, I was a huge fan of Billy Kay's. Bo Dallas, I felt like he had more to give. Um, Samoa Joe, I thought he was going to be like there for life. But, um, but yeah, they're all gone as of now. Man, these these days are incredibly hard. Um, I I knew I'd, I'd heard there was some stuff going on, right? I was, of course, mostly thinking about the other news we'll get to, which is who's going to replace Corey Graves on SmackDown. We'll get there in a second. I forgot about the idea of another purge of wrestlers. You know, Billy Kay scored a pin in the women's tag turmoil match. Yeah. She was in that match with Carmella. Um, her and Peyton Royce are incredibly beloved. Um, I love their story of how they got here as friends, you know, um, coming across the world together. Um, and they will pop up. My guess is they will pop up together somewhere. I, I would. I really think they will. I never understood why the Iconics got broken up. thought the Iconics were really a good act. I thought you had the opportunity to have Peyton be more of the serious wrestler and Billy be the real humor as time went on. Billy has awesome comedic chops. I find her to be truly funny, like, all the time. I, I think Billy Kay is so funny. Um, Bo Dallas, if you guys have been around listening for years and years, you know we love Bo Dallas on this podcast. I I, I think I have two Bo Leave shirts. <laughs> Bo, you have two. You have the, a white one and a black one? No, it's only black, but I got one for free at some point, and I bought one. Because guess what? I was a yeah. Bo Leaver. Yeah, same. And the weirdest thing is I talked to Bray Wyatt this weekend about Bo. We had an entire Bo conversation. And I definitely didn't think the things, the direction things were going were Bo leaving. No pun intended. Not how I meant Bo leave. I didn't <laughs> right. think he would Bo leave on Thursday. Um, yeah. I don't think we thought that for any of them. Yeah, and, and I mean, listen, obviously you hear Bo Dallas, you're not surprised. You haven't seen him on TV in so long, but I am surprised. I, I really, I, listen, I was sitting there on Sunday hoping that when the lights went out, Bo Dallas was going to show up as a second fiend. I was like, yo, how crazy would that be? The crowd would go nuts. Yeah. And instead, he's gone. Um, Samoa Joe, SGG, to your point, I mean, you just pictured him being around. Like, too talented, too much of a mind for the business, solid on commentary. I mean, he's sitting there calling Raw, the Raw matches at WrestleMania. Um. Now he's gone. I assumed the reason he was leaving the booth was because he was going to be back in the ring. Same. I, I think everyone had that thought. That I think Samoa Joe had that thought. <laughs> uh, I think everyone had that thought that, that Samoa Joe was coming back to the ring. And, oh, he will come back to the ring, but it will not be a WWE ring. And, you know, he is a guy. Let's be real, SGG. Samoa Joe is a guy 
who would take someone like you and probably turn you into a weekly AEW viewer if he got a push yeah, at no, AEW. Possibly, possibly, possibly. I'm not even going to lie to you because AEW has the elements right now, at least in ring, to make me. And you're telling me if you found out he was showing up next Wednesday, you're watching. But it's how they use them too, though. But then if you even like then, my, if after he shows up, SGG, because you agree you're watching first week for sure. For sure. For sure. If he shows up and right away he's top of the card and he's got a story with Kenny Omega, you're not watching that story every week? I hate Kenny Omega. Unless the story is him like thrashing Kenny Omega Brock style and then holding onto the title, which it, it won't be. But I mean, I'll watch the matches though. That's what I'm saying. I'm not worried about the promo, but I'm saying if he's yeah, having a thing, promos and all don't, don't get caught up in the Kenny Omega specifically of it. For some reason, you, yeah, I know you hate him because you don't think he's, he's cool. terrible. He's terrible on the mic and in ring. He's not, he's not, he's not the one winged angel that he was in Japan. It's just, he's still it's not very, the same guy. he's still very good in the ring. SGG. It's not the same guy though, but you, really you're not. a hater. He's still very good in the ring. Like, but when you compare, when you're comparing, Kenny, when you compare Kenny Omega to other wrestlers, you can say he's still very good. When you're comparing the Kenny Omega of now to the Kenny Omega of old, the only feeling you can have is disappointment. Well, do you have feel that way about AJ Styles? No, AJ Styles is still phenomenal. You and you think Kenny Omega's gone that far from where he was in his prime? Yes, that far. He's slower. His moves aren't as dynamic. That knee is still like that. V trigger is still. The V trigger, but the rest of it, and then just the way he puts the matches together, they don't make sense. I'm very, I'm very much holding that match against Moxley, against Kenny Omega, because mm-hmm. I was, I was excited for that match. I loved Moxley. I felt like a death, death match, hardcore situation was perfect for them, and then they did things that just didn't make sense. I thought it was dumb. So you've ruined my point. But yeah, Samo- but Samoa Joe, he he could, could get make me all elite. <laughs> that he's a he's a big loss. He's a big. He he's he still got a couple years. He still has a couple years, and because WWE never put him at the top of the mountain, and people don't consider being at the top of the TNA mountain really everything. If he goes to the top somewhere else, people are going to care. Yeah. Yep. Um, SGG. Of course, the other uh, huge news this week is the shakeup on commentary. And what a wacky week it was. Tom Phillips replaced by Adnan Verk on Monday Night Raw. And then on top Baseball of... Baseball fans would recognize um, Adnan. Yeah, and I mean, he used to do Sports Center all the time. He, he did a lot of... Uh, I worked with him over on ESPN Radio because he did a lot ESPN Radio as well. Um, now he's on MLB Network. Um, seasoned broadcaster. Seasoned solid broadcaster. Um, and on top of that, Tom gets COVID over the weekend or, oh, or, no. or, or test positive for COVID, at least according to the, the dirt sheets. Um, and so he doesn't get to call WrestleMania either. That's some, that's, that hurts because this was was a very good WrestleMania, especially if you're an announcer. I mean, as good as it was for us fans, if you're in the booth and you get to call it and, and you know, accentuate some of these matches, that had to have been... Well, it's reported... Feel that. Wrestling Inc., for example, has it as Tom Phillips will, will not be calling WrestleMania tonight for the Raw brand as he was pulled due to COVID protocols. No word on who will be filling in. And then it says, as noted, he has been replaced on the Raw announced team starting this Monday by Canadian sportscaster Adnan Verk. What an incredibly tough weekend. And, and you know, I got to tell you, SGG, this has now happened to Tom several times. So obviously someone of import is not a huge fan of, of Tom. I don't get it. I, I really don't know what you could want from a broadcaster that Tom doesn't have. I, I, I'm not sure what I'm missing. Yeah, I, I don't get it either. He's he's got a he's got the golden voice. Um, he's been around pro wrestling specifically. Uh, I think we we saw on Monday that as good as Adnan is, there's still a learning curve. Oh, of course. And Adnan did a so, great job, but it's going to take time. He did, he did do a great job, but but 
but you know that curve still it, it's steep and tom was already past it um tom was young so he's a guy that you can rely on for years and years after after this probably at least another decade um so yeah he's perfect but i don't i don't like i'm like you i don't know what isn't clicking because to me he's like a he'd be a go-to guy me, me too um, he'd be a centerpiece you know and and listen i know i know aew is pretty loaded up at broadcaster but i'll tell you right now <laughs> honestly are they though at this moment in 2021 the only person they have who I think is in Tom's echelon mm-hmm. is Excalibur. And right. I don't think he's quite there yet. But I think Tom... That's why and I said, are they? Because they're leaning heavily on the nostalgia. But at some point, to be the promotion of the future, you got to take us to the future. You know I, what I mean? I got to tell you, I think Tom Phillips and Excalibur would be tremendous. Um, And then you could use JR and, and Shivani for sort of you know, spots here and there and have them do different things. But as a, as a weekly team, I've said this for a long time and I maintain it. Excalibur, Tony Schiavone, and Jim Ross are basically all play-by-play guys. It doesn't really make sense. And two of them are legends, and uh, particularly JRs, maybe the greatest to ever do it. But to SGG's point, if you're at some point going to be about going to the future, maybe you figure out how to use those guys in other ways. And I think Tom Phillips could be your lead guy every single week. And, and, yeah. and if, if they don't go for him at some point, I hope Major League Baseball or the NBA, I hope someone sees – I mean, Tom's young too. He's like 32, 33 years old. Yeah. Very yeah, he's young like, and like he's very younger polished. Than I thought. I'll put it like that. I don't want to say real young and make him sound like – No, know, but he's young. Like he just allowed to drink, but he is young. No, considering I sort of look up to him in a lot of ways and 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 seek advice from him, and he's he's almost ten years younger than me, eight years younger than me, something like that. So he's a great, great broadcaster and a great guy, great guy. Wish him the best. Um, congrats to Adnan. It's going to be here's what the the real interesting broadcaster conversation for the week is. This our Adnan Verk. And now, the replacement for Corey Graves on SmackDown, Pat McAfee. Are both of these guys who come from other places in the world and are at other points in their career, are they up for the task of these jobs which have such scrutiny within WWE? Um, Particularly Pat McAfee. SmackDown is is the free prime time network television show if you think you're not going to hear directly from vince mcmahon regularly somewhere between constantly and often about how you're to do things you have another thing coming yeah and pat needs to be worried about this the most of course because because adnan's not a rebel Adnan's not a rebel. He's a, he's a broadcaster, and first of all, he's on Raw, so the scrutiny's a little bit down, yep. um, just a bit. They they have more time for him to figure it out. I think it'll j- generally be Michael Cole working him through things. You know what I mean? Like there's there's time to do that. SmackDown live tonight. Whoa, you know so. Do you remember Network the st- television? Do you remember the stories of of Pat's first day um, doing WrestleMania kickoff show a couple years ago? Vaguely, was was there supposedly like a walkout or like a like a mat? Like he a almost match? he almost walked out because he got criticized for wearing shorts. I think, which was the right move though too. Which one? Criticizing him for wearing shorts. <laughs> Correct. Now I don't. I. I is Pat going to start wearing a suit on Friday? No, I don't think so. You think he'll be wearing a tank top tonight? I, th- I think we get him in one of those tuxedo shirts, those those crew neck shirts with the tuxedo print on it. I was thinking that. I mean, the guy, Pat, you know, listen, I give Pat McAfee so much credit. He has carved out a life for himself that's who wouldn't admire 
what he's done. I mean, he. he well, I mean, you've done the same thing. I mean, <laughs> so. he has way more power, though. Pat McAfee is his own machine at this point. He doesn't need. He doesn't need a company. He's true. He's out there, and he has. He he's done a few brilliant. He's done a few brilliant things. SGG like he spent some time at Barstool, and he got that crowd. But then he also he migrated left them over to his. And then he left fast enough to not even keep the the smell of Barstool Stench, around yeah. him. He's done some really smart stuff. He really has. And and he's good. He's he's charismatic and he's he's good. I mean, there's just no way, way around it. I, I admire him. I admire what he's done. Um that being said, to do this job, you you're doing a jobby job. You're gonna be there early on Friday. And you're going to be going through rewrites of the show, and you're going to be listening and getting told what needs to be done. It'll be very interesting, SGG, to see how this plays out. Very interesting. I mean, he survived the walkout, and he did do a. a he announced an episode of SmackDown. I think it was one match way back when. I think it was Adam Cole versus Daniel Bryan. So maybe, maybe, and you know, with his NXT stuff, maybe he has just enough of a taste to to not be. Not he wasn't going to be intimidated regardless, but he won't get rattled by you know the way things go around there. Maybe we'll see. For me, it's not so much about being rattled, SGG. It's about pride. Have you made it to a point of being such a stud on your own, and you do what you want that when all of a sudden you're thrusted into having a super boss, that's hard to take. Uh, probably. Because at the end of the day, especially in WWE, who, who, who gets the treatment that you just described? That they are such a stud and used to doing everything the way they want. I mean, even Roman goes to Vince and and says, you know, can I do this? Maybe Brock does what he wants, but then again, even Brock follows the script. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yo, Stone Cold Steve Austin talked about how, you know. Stone Cold had to go to Vince McMahon and ask for approval to have Jericho on his part. Stone Cold Twice. Steve Austin <laughs> needs permission from the big man. Yeah. Now, listen, the difference is maybe Pat will fall in line because it's Vince McMahon giving him the orders. Because as much as you think you're the man, you see Vince McMahon, you probably still, you know, you're looking at the, the, the god of professional wrestling. You know what I mean? So maybe in, in this case, he'll be comfortable with it. We shall see. But I'll tell you what, I think he'll, I think he's a good fit for it. I do, I do think, you know, depending on how he's allowed to do it and how they have him do it, I think he could be a really entertaining fit for replacing Graves. Yeah, that's definitely as close as you can get to Graves without it actually being Corey. Um, but, you know, and for Graves... You know, you know, now he's on Mondays. He's a soldier who switches jobs again. Um, and and we'll see. So, with all of that being said, SGG, let's dive in to WrestleMania 37. Um, your initial thoughts, feelings on the weekend. Two nights, just much, much, much more digestible than the one marathon super show um, having been to several WrestleManias and watching it literally grow <laughs> into these events that end later and later. I think the latest one went close to 1am after starting at like five or six, two nights. I would, I would not trade those away to get back the marathon one day shows for anything. Keep it Saturday and Sunday. Mm. You know, this week was exhausting in other ways because then you had the Hall of Fame on Tuesday, um, two nights of takeover that led you right into SmackDown. And then into the next week of wrestling that just finally ended on Tuesday for WWE. Um, but yeah, as far as WrestleMania, because they have grown so big, and there's so many people to fit on the card and so many different angles that they have to run right into this one show. 
I love it as a two-night event. I'm with you, SGG. I really am. Like, there's rumors now that they're going to go back to one night again starting next year. And no, the, please don't. The one hard part will be how would you handle ticket sales for two nights? Because how'd they handle it this week? Well, this this, this well, SGG. They were only it was only twenty five thousand, right? So you could actually have people who buy some for one night, some for the next night, um, and and then enough people who are willing to do and pay for both nights because it's only twenty five thousand. Next year they're going back to Dallas, eighty, eighty five, ninety thousand people, a hundred, whatever it is. Yeah. Right. What are you going to do with a hundred thousand tickets if you have two nights? I'm not saying there's no way to figure it out. I think there is a way to figure it out. I think you could offer, you know, really good package prices for both nights. But then remember, you have to pay to run the building both nights too. So it does get a little complicated with a full building. But I am with you. I find the two-night thing to be great for a couple of reasons. One, it appears to your point that the days of a nine-match mania, eight-match mania are over. You yeah. know, every year it feels like we're talking about 10, 11, 12 matches. I find that two-hour kickoff show, four- five-hour show to be just a, a grueling watch even for the biggest of fans. The way it runs now, SGG, I feel like everyone tunes in for the kickoff show because it's only an hour. And so you get a lot of people coming there early and staying all night long. And you're able to have these short but sweet nights. So from the from a viewing standpoint at home, I really feel like you get people to commit. When you talk about pleasing advertisers, you're able to get people to commit to being there two nights straight, hours on end. Yep. Which from a sponsor standpoint is phenomenal. Um, I also think from a fan standpoint, and I say this as someone who has made the trip as a fan more times than I've worked it. You make that trip, you want plans two nights. Yeah. It's fun It's fun to have plans on both nights that you're there. And why not, you know, um, be able to have a whole weekend? It's almost like going to Bonnaroo. You know, it's like going to a festival getting to have plans both nights. Like, what are you going to do anyway? What would we do? We would go to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And the Hall of Fame, relatively compared to WrestleMania, is a snooze. Instead, you get two nights of wrestling. So I really, you know, and I guess I'm biased too because I enjoyed working two days and not doing one huge kickoff show, but an hour each day where you had time to break down that night's events. Now, I could get we can get into the specifics of how the nights broke down because I think in the end everyone agrees night 1 was significantly better than night 2. Yeah. Everyone seems to feel that way. Yeah. Um but before we get into that though too, I mean, you just have to think about it from a talent standpoint too with those marathon manias that would end late. The crowd is the crowd loses steam after a while. There's just only so much of a point you can push it to for the crowd. I think about, you know, the WrestleMania in New York when you had Kofi Mania, and this is after Seth Rollins slays the beast and the crowd was supposed to hold on for Charlotte, Becky, and Ronda. And I think they lost a little bit of momentum there. The same thing with New Orleans. They had a hot WrestleMania, the second New Orleans one. Uh, They had a hot WrestleMania. And then by the time Braun teamed up with Nicholas, it started to dive a little bit. So it's like you break that up, you get to keep that hot crowd and that momentum for everybody who has to perform. I agree with you a thousand percent in that regard because it always bums me out that you get to the main event and people are completely worn out. And that wasn't the case here either. Now, if the crowd wasn't as up on Sunday as they were on Saturday, to me... That wasn't, uh, that was only because of the matches. And so let's get into WrestleMania. First of all, night one, the rain delay was crazy. For me personally, the rain delay added excitement. 
um, because of the because I'm a part of the broadcast, etc. I was I was excited by the idea of a rain delay and being told to be, to, you know, be ready because there's going to be more work to do. And there was. I thought it created a really frenetic energy, but in the end, it was hard because you start the show. Vince McMahon starts WrestleMania, and we and we bring in there he is himself. Dip Flair has joined the the program. Are we still at? I'm still at Mania. Are you still here? <laughs> Are you at the bar? I'm still. Yeah, I'm still sitting at the at the end of the bar. I'm I'm still here. Where did you guys go? By the way, I'll be, we'll be right there. Well, who's at the bar right now? Who's down there? Um, I I see a cup. You know, a couple of Usos. <laughs> I see a Bailey and Sasha. They're eating uh chicken fingers <laughs> and and slaw. Oh, your dream come true. By the way, the hotel bar, the Fakakta, nothing food of the sedge. Let me tell you, really? it, it could have That's been disappointing. Something. It, it could have been something. Yeah. Let me just say that. What, the bar? The, you mean the food of the bar? Well, listen, the... Um, the setup of the bar was great. I didn't love that turkey sandwich. <laughs> I know. Like one piece of avocado. That's all you need no, you, on a turkey sandwich. You don't need to stuff it with avocado. Well, I mean, trust me, though. Speaking of avocado, my avocado toast was just, it was dreck. It was dreck. It really was. It was dreck. I saw that. Yeah, it was, I, it was a shame. enjoying it. So, so uh, now, Dip, of course, Dip nearly called the start of WrestleMania perfectly. It yeah. was Hogan, Titus, Drew McIntyre. Well, Vince first, I called. Well, that well, that was not what you predicted. That was what you wanted. But we right. did, we did get that. Which, oh my God, that was such a save because guys, Hogan was mercilessly booed the entire yeah. weekend. They covered it up well um, for the for the broadcast, though. Oh, you he, couldn't really tell. They piped in the cheers of the cinch for Hogan. It was like a hero's welcome. Oh, really? I'll I have to go back and watch that. That's really interesting because when we were there, I mean, I, I looked to the left and right of whoever I was with and, and everyone was like, wow. <laughs> yeah, I saw fan footage from from the arena and you could hear just like it was it was like if the trash was coming down, then there would have been no mistaking that he was being booed. But at home, they definitely knew what was coming and they knew to pipe in some cheers. It, it's going to be there are going to be some tough decisions about using Hogan moving forward because Titus would talk. Yay. Hogan would talk. Boo. I mean, it was, oh, yeah. I was in the bathroom and I, I ran to the bathroom real quick. And when I heard Hogan talking, I literally said to nobody, no one replied to me. I'm at the urinal and I'm like, what is he saying right now? Because of the booze, I was like, did he turn heel on the crowd? Like it was, it was noticeable. And by the way, we know you were at the bathroom because your mic was on. You know uh, you what, SGG? It's a great point by you. <laughs> you announced it to I would, all the I was also, at home. I was also in the bathroom from the uh, Little Caesars cheese pizza that uh, was made available to me at the at the arena. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, by the way, the bathroom thing, that was unfortunate. But you know what? People, people were like saying, I was like worried I said something really bad. And then I found out they were like, oh, you said you had to go to the bathroom. I was like, people have to go to the bathroom. No, the last the guy bathroom. who got recorded on a hot mic ended up hosting. So if you would have went too too deep with it, who knows? Sky's the limit for you. SGG, I got news for you. You yeah. can keep a hot mic on me 24-7. <laughs> you will never yeah. get what was got on the host. Okay? <laughs> um, great. You may hear some wrestling takes that would be controversial, uh, some music takes that people are like, wow, you're really not, oh, wow. That's about the extent of it. It would be like a podcast. It wouldn't be, it would be no more than that. So <laughs> We need to do this. So um, Vince coming out was a great call. We all agree, right? Yes. It was a great call. What was interesting was Roman was stand Roman and Heyman was in the front line with the McMahons. Did, did anybody notice that? He was in the front line? I thought he was right behind. It was? He, it was? Roman and Paul Heyman. I think yeah, they were I just it was behind. Triple H, Stephanie, Vince, Roman Heyman. I think they were like Shane a foot. Roman Heyman. I think they I think they were a foot behind. I think I believe I'll have to watch again. I believe that that Steph, Triple H, and Vince were the three of them were one step ahead of everyone. I Including believe. Shane, I I'm pretty so. sure that Roman was in line with Shane. 
The la- they were layering and layering. They're, yeah, layering galore. Roman was far ahead of the rest of the roster. Let's put it like that. There were the McMahons with Roman and Heyman, and then everybody else. So, so the night starts. the 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 Vince open I thought was fantastic. Then there's a thirty minute delay. And they had some people that they're working to to get through the delay who did a great job. And then after that, you get into Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley. And what a tough spot it is to now not only start the first live event in a year, but after a 30-minute delay. And I thought, I, I enjoyed that match. But I it's, it seemed like that match didn't get the same good reviews that others did on the card. I enjoyed that match too, but but I mean... It's like you said, as the show built and the other matches rolled in and the night one came to be what it was, as good as that match was, it was very tough to beat other matches on that card. And then as good as night two was, it was just tough to beat the totality of night one. But but just in keeping it with that match, um, I did enjoy that match. They had good chemistry that we can see. You know, um, I'm sure built from their days in TNA, working world title matches over there. Um, Bobby Lashley just looked dominant. That finish I thought was was perfect. It if was anyone doubted, he, if anyone doubted whether or not Vince McMahon is in love with Bobby Lashley, the finish tells you all you need to know. Yeah, like Drew didn't tap, and I get that, and that is he went to sleep in huge. the middle of the <laughs> yeah. ring. He went to he sleep from a move that was not the sleeper hold. He, he went to sleep from tired. a move where his neck wasn't being, you know what I mean? It well, was just incredible. A lot of people said Drew McIntyre only went to sleep because he'd been hanging out with Dip Flair the night before. He was worn out. <laughs> it's possible. I, I, the- <laughs> Blame Dipper Steve. Uh, I got to tell you, though, it started off, I got to tell you, it was, I was very emotional the moment that, the that you know, I was with Natalie. She couldn't believe the spectacle. Um, she had never, I don't think, seen anything like it. Unless you've been to a Super Bowl or the circus at the same time. <laughs> right. I don't think that you really quite... When that pyro hits at the beginning of WrestleMania in front of how many tens of thousands of people, there is a feeling, no matter how old I get, or what, who, you know, the age of whatever wrestling fan. Obviously, if you're a kid, it hits different. But if you are, especially about the amount of raccoons that you spent oh, yeah. on on the tickets, which this year I spent a significant amount, a, a significant amount of raccoons. Yeah, well, but as, as, you think yeah. you know people in this town. As, <laughs> besides that, okay, the feeling that you get when that pyro hits is about as emotional a guttural experience as you possibly can have as a wrestling fan. And if you've never experienced it. Save up some raccoons and go to Dallas, Dallas next year. Yes, because it is going to be the it's the it's the you know it'll be the second or most high, you know highest uh, attended mania of all time. Yeah, so it's um, it's true what you say too. Like I've been we've been to takeovers, uh, rumbles, raws, smackdowns, um, you know, random pay per views throughout the year. But when when they give you that countdown that this WrestleMania is about to begin. And then they show the warning that everybody gets at home to let the crowd know that the show has started. The, the rush of adrenaline really is unlike and the flyover and the it's yeah, it's, it's, it's like not like anything you've ever experienced. Yeah, all, all the raccoons feel worth something? it. Sure. Can I say something? Yeah, these planes are flying very close together. Yeah, yeah, it's too, it's too close. Yep, separate them a little bit. They're flying and flying confirmed. Yeah, if there's one problem, God forbid, oh yeah, yeah. Well, no, there's no worries. Some of our taxes go to military training. They got it covered. They, they. By the way, can you believe that this weekend, all the great things to talk about, I managed to say great guy and swinging and swinging on the kickoff show, both of them. The, the world is the world was watching. Yeah. <laughs> there, I've never gotten more DMs in my life uh, after that. I mean, that was really something. That was something. Uh, that you wanted something? I gave you something. Uh, Dip, you, you were hold you, on, hold on. Before you get it, the highlight of my weekend. Okay, was standing there with Natalie watching you do the kickoff show in the rain. I, I mean, I'm the friend agent of the century. Okay, yeah, you are. It's pouring and pouring. Yep. Okay, we're standing there in the rain, what with with lunatics. Okay, <laughs> screaming and yelling your name and chanting and filming them. It was the greatest, maybe the greatest moment of my life. <laughs> 
Natalie was directing chance. It was very we're directing chance. We're starting them. We got children involved. Parents. Oh, it, it was something. It was it was something. Dip. How do you, do you hear the the screaming when you're that you have to hear it completely? Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, I have I have away. I have things in my ears, but I can hear it galore. Especially because when they're yelling and I'm not on the air, I'm just sitting there. I, yeah, I can hear it galore. And when they're they're yelling like obnoxious things at Kayla and JBL and everybody. Yeah, everyone hears. Everyone hears they're what's going on. Yeah. Now I got to ask you, Dip. It looked great in the crowd. Yeah. What was the most over thing of the whole weekend? Bad Bunny. Bad bunny. I mean, yeah, he was the baddest he's ever been. That yeah. bunny. The, that bunny was on fleek. He, he was hopping and hopping. Yeah. Confirmed. He was hopping up a storm. He was, now, he was mage. I knew that there, because there was chatter, that the match was going to be like 20 minutes and it was going to be a real match. But like watching, I mean, the entrance I thought was mainly for television. And I'm like, oh, like he overshot the entrance. Like the, the, the semi thing was stupid. It was made. It looked good on TV. You liked it on TV yesterday? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So in the, in the crowd, you couldn't see anything because it was like, he came in on the, in the corner. So you couldn't see it, but it was fine. Regardless. Look, man, he's going to do a Canadian destroy. He went once he hit correction, a bunny destroyer. That's a bunny destroyer. Once he hit the drop toehold. That was it. And it was just, it just, all it took was a drop toe hold. And everyone was like, oh, he hit a drop toe hold. Well, no, even camp. before the drop toe hold, when he, when he did the, like, the shoot wrestling move, like, he, it was like, he looked like an amateur wrestler, the way he went behind Miz. Like, he dropped to one knee and then came around and had Miz at, at the waist. And I was just like, this yeah. boy's been studying tape. Oh, but yeah. I'm just saying, when, once the, I'm just saying in the crowd, once yeah. he hit the drop toe hold, it was like Luthez. Yeah. Yeah. No, he did very well. I was I was very impressed. I mean, I, I heard some of the chatter through you guys of just him training and him, you know, really trying to prepare for this moment. And I think he he knocked it out of the park. Quite honestly. It's it, he couldn't have done any better. And and by the way, no. it's not just that he learned the wrestling moves, to be honest. His his swagger and persona during the match were incredible. He was yeah, incredible. His facial expressions, just like he learned the wrestling moves, but he also learned the art of, of pro wrestling and what has to be record time. I mean, just his facial expressions, the way he sold things. He's a great bunny. Um, yeah. yeah, it was everything you could have wanted out of a pro, let alone a celebrity who was there just to do this. And then SGG, are you ready to say that it was better than the Bret Hart, um, Shawn Michaels, Iron Man match? Um, I am not ready to say this was better than the Iron Man match, but it was better than the Bret Hart Vince McMahon. Thank you. Yes, yes it most it was certainly better was. Better than the Bret Vince. Can put, I, can I just, it was up there. Something? It was good. It was very good. Yeah. Um, the you cannot you cannot talk about that match without talking about how superb of a performer the Miz is, as well. And Morrison. By the way, looks yeah. great. He's never looked better, and physically. And him working the crowd during that match was really the whole thing. I mean, it was just as important as Bad Bunny. He made Bad Bunny in that match. Here's here's why you love WrestleMania this year. He's such a pro, The Miz. Or here's at least why you love Saturday. In both the Bad Bunny match and the New Day AJ Omos match, the, the use of traditional classic wrestling stuff to pop the crowd galore was so effective like i just rewatched the the new day aj omos match the way that they just didn't let aj get the tag for so long yeah and he keep all they had to do was keep teasing the tag tease the tag tease the tag the second omos comes in he got as huge a pop imaginable given the spot and he did yeah. a great job. He didn't even have to do that much at that point. And it was a rousing success. It was just, it was what we said it would be. It was a moment. We got something. That was something. And there was something th- galore there at Saturday night. There was something after something. I mean, I loved it. I, I Look at me. Listen, listen to what I'm saying. The words coming out of my mouth. I loved it. I thought it was, it was electric in the crowd. It, every, I was, of course, I was sitting in front of like a family of six who like had young kids or whatever. And they were like, Everything was over with them. The Bad Bunny thing was insane. I would say the second, and you have to sit around fun people to make it really, the experience really the whole. 
But I'll say the second biggest pop was on night two also when when Sheamus, the, the Sheamus kick was wow. I mean, that kick, that finish to that match was. Oh, that was tough. something. Yeah. Talk about I'll the, tell you the other thing. I mean, that was that was an incredible finish. And then um, what was the what was the second match of the whole thing? Um, you mean on night one or night two? Yeah, night one. Um, After it was, it was the tag. What was the third match? Um, Rollins and Cesaro. Yeah. Okay. Right. I I'm looking. I thought this was going to be a boring match. I, I look. I look at Natalie. And I'm like, let me just explain something to you. This is wrestling. <laughs> this is what these guys are doing. Yeah. This is. There's something going on in this match for sure. Yeah. Yeah. This is a. These are the highest level professional athletes. I kept. It's so funny. I kept. Every she doesn't know much, so every single time somebody came in, I'm like, this guy is basically the one of the greatest wrestlers on earth. And it was like she she was like, you're saying that for every single. Yeah, person. I was gonna say, did it lose its luster after the fourth time? The you luster said it? was gone instantly. There was it, it there you couldn't even see lust at the end. There was it was lusterless. <laughs> I was the Mark who cried wolf. So so here's my question: What match? What two matches should have been flip flopped? to make Sunday closer in excitement to Saturday. What hmm. could you have swapped where Saturday would have still been great, but Sunday would have been much better? Bad Bunny. Yeah, you give Bad Bunny to Sunday, yep. and you take the Nigerian drum match. I that's the, I said the same thing. Smart. Anyway, we're... So, move. Forget, we're, we're uh, the Dabakato thing, I thought, was... Was something. Yep. It was something. Yeah. We'll see where that goes tonight. Yep. That's probably why they didn't do that, though. Like, you can't have two giants on the same. Well, two, we would, two Nigerian we giants on the same show. We both beating up New Day members. I'll tell you Omos. what, though. I'll, tell, I'll tell you what, though. Omos was the third biggest pop, I would say, of the weekend yeah. as far as, like, in-ring stuff. I'll tell you what, though. If you made a full Nigerian faction... With Cruz leading it and Dabakato and Omos. Yo. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's that's a lot. That's a lot there. The now, man's gargant. Now did anybody talk to Wale about how, how it felt um doing Big E's theme music as he went against his countryman, Apollo? Oh, I made fun of him. If you mean talk to him about it, if you mean busting his balls, yes. Yeah. That, but right, I, rightfully so. Yeah, that was very funny. That he was like, man. He said that he said that he had to. He said that he had to post like a, a like I love Nigeria post just to balance out the energy. <laughs> he has to. Um, but that was a cool. By the way, that was pretty cool too. I was I was pretty psyched for, I was pretty psyched for Wale getting to come out at WrestleMania and perform in front of. 25,000 people for his real life friend to come have a match. I mean, it's a bummer that he was going up against a, a night, a Nigerian character, but still, um, that must've been really, really cool. I was, I was proud of Wale for that. And by the way, I saw his shirts. His shirts were selling and selling, I believe. Yeah. Those shirts are mage. Wale is a, Wale is confirmed GG. Yeah. I bought the new day shirt. Um, they sent me, they sent me the Rod Simmons shirt. You have Amazing. more than you have. You have two shirts. I have two shirts. All They're I have sending is you shirts. How come I don't get shirts? You should you uh, should you should send a your DM. Your people got to call their people. You should reach out to Kaz right now and say what the hell is going on here. You don't think I'd wear that shirt? Of course I'd wear that shirt. I, I got I, I I have the Mark Henry one. Ooh, that's a that's a beauty. It's a gorgeous yeah. item. So yeah. Kaz is responsible for not sending me shirts. You think you know people in this? You town. think you know people <laughs> in this town? Um, so we have to talk about the two main events. Uh, yeah. Sasha and Bianca, we said it had to be an absolute masterpiece. I believe it was. Yo, it's it was so good that if calling it just a masterpiece feels disrespectful. Wow, SGG, do you always have to go too okay. far? Yes, do I you do. You always okay. have to go yes, too far. All right, so you this, think it was so you think it was better. This one you think was better than the Iron Man match. Who this one I do think was better than the Iron Man match. Wow. I do. <laughs> If okay. I had to, if I if I had to, if I had to rank all the WrestleMania matches, would you put this above Austin versus Brett? No, Austin versus Brett is solid number one. 
solid number one. Yeah. This match goes into the top 20. All right, top 20. Okay, I like top 20. This match goes into See, the top, top 20, 20 top sounds reasonable. Saying this, the term there, masterpiece is, is top, it high enough praise 10. is what makes you a crazy man. But here's, here's why I say that, though. Easily the best women's match in WrestleMania history. Yes. Easily. Possibly the best women's match of all time, certainly in the conversation. And when you have them doing it like, you know, so good that it's better than the vast majority of the matches, period, at WrestleMania history, you just have to bow down and give respect to that. This is one of the matches that's going to go down in, in the pantheons of WrestleMania greatness, along with, you know, a Bret Austin, along with a Michaels Undertaker, one and two, along with a Savage Steamboat, just by virtue of this doing what those matches did for wrestling and wrestlers, uh, for women and black women in particular, like they, the pressure was on and they lived up to the pressure immensely because that's, that's a factor that those other matches that we talk about did not have when you well, and, and they an did Undertaker it. versus Shawn Michaels, you know, you don't have to worry about it. When you book a Bret Hart versus um, Steve Austin, you know, you don't have to worry about it. Savage Steamboat, you don't have to worry about it, but the pressure of the history and you could tell that they felt that too. Bianca was crying when the match started and Sasha was holding back tears. So they felt the weight of everything that they had to do and they still smashed it. Yeah, and by the way, they were working you through that. But anyways, yes, um, that... I think so. You think that, that was a work? Yeah, okay. I, 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 this is one of those moments I have to pull you guys aside. Bianca's not, Bianca can't be that great of an actress. Listen, if Bianca's that great of an actress, per- send her to Hollywood. By the way, because I do not rubbering. think... No. She's, no, she's Bianca done it. Bianca was not working then. Bianca was not working. If Bianca was working, send her to Hollywood. By the way, that's how good she is. She did it after the Royal Rumble too, guys. She's called a worker. This is what she does. She's a send professional. Her, no. dip, 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 she's a call human her up. being. Yeah. Human <laughs> being. Exactly. She has a heart. Peter Rosenberg, heartless Peter Rosenberg. That's heart, your heart, you got really? You're the ones, by Rosenberg. the way, just for the record, you're the ones insulting her. I'm giving her credit. That's called, she was doing her job. She was doing her job. Okay. That's what her All job right. was. She did her job when she did her job bell to bell. She felt the emotions that we felt and she was she's one of us. Okay. She's um, one of us. Yeah, she's yeah. one of you, all right. Sure. She you you two would be waiting outside with a poster and a and a Sharpie. She's one of you. Yeah, sure. Yeah, of course. Of um, course. Giving she, her the respect that she deserves. She yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. Um she was she was they were both amazing and they had something that Savage and Steamboat, for example, didn't have, which is called uh a, a, a storyline that really wasn't special. Savage and Steamboat yes. had this story that had been told masterfully over six months, Yo, eight I months. I thought Savage murdered Steamboat with the bell. Right. It was incredible. The bell. They didn't Savage. give... Savage. Savage. They, they didn't give Sasha and Bianca really much to work with. And they the only way to make the whole thing work would be to put on a masterpiece. And that's what they did. They delivered. Yeah. They were amazing, and you know Bianca is 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 a great talent. But to me, this match is a celebration of Sasha Banks' genius in the ring. That's you know yeah. Bianca will get there, and she was great, and she did everything she needed to do. But the reason that match ends up being you know a five star match is because of Sasha Banks. It was a a clinic. She is an absolute pro. Say whatever you want about Sasha Banks in every other category you want. In that ring, she's an all-time pro, and she was fantastic. She's a great guy. She's a great guy. How about uh, the main event on Sunday? Yo, they, they, the bar was set very high, and I think they walked right up to it, and they met those expectations. Um, it was just a great main event. It was a great match. Everyone got to show their strength, and that finish <laughs> – just that finish of Roman, like doing what he said he was going to do, stacking them, pinning them, four shoulders to the mat, one, two, three. I, I think they they delivered in ways that I didn't think they could after night one. Dip, did you enjoy the triple threat? Yeah, I thought the best. Yeah, I I, I thought um, I thought it was good. I was tired by that at that point. I, I, I thought Edge was going to win, but in the back of my, like there was a 10% in the back of my mind that said Roman's going to probably win this match. Right. Who will beat this man? Who is going to beat Roman Reigns? Is it Edge at SummerSlam? 
I don't think it's Edge anymore. I don't think it's Edge at all. I don't think Edge. You, or think, you think Goodnight could luck to Edge? I think Goodnight could luck from the title picture, and now Edge wow. will have Edge is going to have a few meaningful stories with individual people, and that's that. That's what I yeah. think. Wow. I think I the person to beat Roman Reigns quite possibly isn't even on SmackDown right now. You know, I don't know. I want to. It's a big, healthy mystery for wrestling fans of who is going to be the person that beats Roman Reigns. I mean, is it, is it, it's, I guess it's seemingly at this point, not Brock Lesnar. Who will he face at SummerSlam? Daniel Bryan or Edge or no? I don't know. So, and, and, and you have King of the Ring coming up or not King of the Ring. WrestleMania backlash. backlash. You have Backlash and then what's after Backlash? Money, Money in the, the Bank. bank. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think we'll probably get Big E sometime soon. I don't know I if don't he's. Know. Maybe. Uh, I hope so. I, I think I'll he tell wins. You who the, the highlight of Sunday night, I would say, let me tell you who, who gave the best performance on Sunday night, and that's Jerry the bartender. Really? He was a great guy. Really? The man was just moving in. He was pouring and pouring. Unbelievably well. Him and, his, him and his manager, his valet, Mort, who was also <laughs> the bar back, he was a great guy. I, I guess it's not good to be the king if Jerry was bartending. Oh. <sighs> Different Jerry. Jerry was pouring and pouring up. Pouring and, pouring. and trust me, yeah. he didn't have any of Jerry Lawler's terrible jokes. Um, guys, I'm late for therapy. I gotta go. We'll we'll come back again we, next week. In fact, I'm being. Are we not doing Black Power rankings? Well, of course we are. That's why I got to wrap up first, though. I, I'm being told, by the way, that there'll be a special guest next week. So I'll keep everyone oh, posted. My goodness. I'll keep you guys posted oh. on that. But before that. Oh. What do you got, SGG? This was probably the blackest WrestleMania I've ever seen, and it's only right that we get a supersized Black Power Rankings worthy of a two-night WrestleMania. Um, before I get into it, though, I'm going to drop some honorable mentions. Leon Ruff and Swerve Scott of NXT deserve an honorable mention. I watched the inaugural Tuesday episode and not only was the match phenomenal these two men have had have been embroiled in a months-long feud the match was amazing this weekend and then leon ruff <laughs> attacks swerve scott and shows a fire that i've never seen to show that this feud is going to go hopefully it keeps going and going because i want to see them do more especially after seeing a side of leon ruff that we haven't seen before and uh another honorable mention to wale and kaz just for that Wally Mania collection. Um, I told you earlier, you gave me FOMO. They did too. Just watching all you guys post and everything that you guys were doing. It was weekend. a great time. Yeah, you guys had a great time. I hate that I missed it. Uh, and at number five, Wes Lee of MSK, one half of the new NXT Tag Team Champions. Um, they just showed up on NXT this year, I believe, right before the Dusty Classic. And in that time, they debuted. They beat every team they face on their way to winning the Dusty Classic and then now have become NXT Tag Team Champions after taking the vacant title. So shout out to him. Usually when somebody comes in, I think they build up to this point, but he came and the rocket is strapped on his back and he is now a champion in, in record time. Uh, in the number four, Big E and Apollo, that Nigerian drum match, I didn't know what to expect, but... It was dope. They definitely showcased their talents. Uh, it wasn't as brutal as a typical street fight. And they didn't even use a, a drum <laughs> as a weapon, even though there was no of drum. them were, they were not drumming around drumming. the ring. But yeah, there was no drumming and drumming. But it was a, it was still a great match. And then Apollo builds his faction with the addition of Dabakato and becomes the new Intercontinental Champion. So they're coming in number four. And in number three, Omas. Omos, I mean, I, I can't say enough about this guy. When he won the match for him and AJ, I tweeted out that Omos should be a world champion very soon. Who, who predict? That's a wow. That's fast. Who picked this match correctly, by the way? You did. Thank you. You did. And you may say that's fast, but I mean, it's listen, way. Yes, it's, it's borderline crazy, but it's okay. Omos has everything to be a champion based on who he is he's a giant he doesn't need to put on a five-star classic he can dominate he can convincingly win a championship hold on to it and then i think if they rush it to him it might feel like a rush but i mean 
I do think he performed better than the great Kali did in that role. That I that I agree with. Also, because of his ability to eat pancakes. Oh, yeah, the pancake eater of the millennium. But also, also because in one night, he turned millions of wrestling fans into almost sapiens. I am a huge fan of almost. Um, and yeah, he's coming in number three. He could be higher if not for the top two spots. Bobby Lashley in a number two. He walked in as champion. He faced Drew McIntyre, who is no slouch, a former two-time champion himself, and just dominated, dominated uh, Drew McIntyre on his way to retaining the championship, which I got to admit, a lot of people didn't think it would happen, but it happened. And Bobby Lashley walks out and still your WWE champion. And then in at number one, we're going to do this one as a one and one A. Bianca Belair, number one, one A. Sasha Banks, um, you just heard us speak about it. This match was a masterpiece. It was something. It was it was history making. It was star making. Um, it was so great that it made you forget about all our reservations that we had due to the build. And then Bianca Belair, um, congratulations. She made sure that Sasha Banks did not get her first WrestleMania win <laughs> off of her. She sure did. Um, Congratulations to Bianca Belair and also congratulations to Sasha Banks. Just uh, again, uh, like you said, another another masterpiece, an instant classic. Um, this match was as monumental as it, as we said it was going in. And that has been your Black Power Rankings. I love you both. Chad Gaspard, Black Power Rankings. Stay mage. Take yeah, it easy. Mage, yeah. yeah. And enjoy yourself. It's and email us. We Take will open the mailbag next week. It's happening. It's Can we happening. Do the mailbag finally? Oh yeah, I next week. All my hate mail. Yeah, hate mail next week. I would like to introduce in the corner to my left the majesty. Sweet, sweet Peter Rosenberg. And then I went to makeup and like sat in front of the mirror a little bit and got myself together. Also, ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I would like to introduce. Shout out to that guy, Red. Red Hart is the greatest professional wrestler in the history of the art form. Mitch.